Hello, and welcome to episode 92 of the Book Wars pod. Kate's already just screaming into her hands, so it's going to be a great show. I'm Chris, here with, as always, with my co-hosts, Kate, Kristen, and Miranda. How's everybody doing? Well, you already said how I'm doing, didn't Uh, you? Besides screaming, yeah. Yes. My parents are gone. Woo! So you're doing great. Excellent. Glad to hear it. I was asleep. Miranda woke me up. <laughs> she sure was. Not much has changed before recording any episode of the podcast ever. Unless I haven't read. I read. A, I finished reading a little early today. Proud of you. So I took a nap. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh, t- to be fair, a half an hour ago, I was also sleeping and had not eaten dinner. So <laughs> it's sleeping fine. Important. Sleeping is great. Eating is also important. I've heard. That's what they say. (laughs) Okay, to to be fair, so as of recording, it is Chris's birthday, and he told me that I'm not allowed to tell him to fuck off on the pod tonight. This is this is this is canon. You all have to be nice. (laughs) Oh my god. Um. So I was like, guess I better nap so I can be maybe a little bit less angry. (laughs) I don't understand why you all have to be nice to to me. It's, I mean, it's just, it's birthday, it's birthday rules. Is it? You just made that up. Is that my gift to you for your birthday? Not telling him to fuck off? unless you got me something else. Oh my God. Wait, wait, I literally (laughs) got, I literally got you a present. Can I tell you to fuck off? No. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't think we have to listen to him. I mean, I just want to pull up a quote. From a, from a respected Twitter personality oh, earlier today. my God. Uh, at It's Keeks says, Happy birthday to Chris Cedar, one of only a few people I actually like with emojis that I can only assume translate to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's correct. Those <laughs> are what those emojis mean. Oh. I hope that you trip over oh a door God. jam and stub your toe. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. Well, good feeling gone. Fuck, that was violent. Even <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> shocked, I say. Oh, I told him not to bring it up. I, I mean, I told you I would. So <laughs> like, we, we're both true to our word. At an impasse. <laughs> um, are you drinking birthday drinks? So angry. Uh, we are finishing up actually the last of our teeling from when we went over to the Emerald Isle uh, last Chris. year. Chris. Christopher. Sorry, I was looking into the kitchen where the bottle of teeling no longer is because we finished it. Chris, don't look anywhere. Look uh, right into the microphone's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> is that another thing other people say? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's standard podcast advice. Mm, um, sorry, I was saying we're drinking the last of our teeling single malt, uh, which is Irish whiskey. Very light, but since it's a single malt, a little on the heavier side for an Irish whiskey, even though it's triple distilled. Um, it's I much don't know richer. What that means is the more it's distilled, the lighter it is. 
Uh, so the more it's distilled, so basically for hard liquor, distilling is what gets as as I'm sure you know, and I don't mean that patronizingly, but like I literally for in asked. case in You're case good. our <laughs> listeners don't know, distilling is the process by which you get the impurities that are originally in the water out of it, and then so you basically boil it to the point where alcohol becomes steam, but water does not. That steam goes through a series of pipes into a new distiller, and then that happens. Traditionally, whiskey is twice distilled. Um, I don't know about gin. So, Kate, you're going to, you may it's know more on that. Tubes. I think it's three, but yeah. don't quote me on that. That would make sense for gin. But so for whiskey, since whiskey has basically, it's whiskey distillers it have flavor. always been, yeah, there have always been very extra. <laughs> Yes. And so like for something like vodka or gin, you want to distill it more because you just want it to be really pure. And then you like yeah. kind of put the botanicals in after. Right. So or with vodka. Yeah, exactly. Or, or with vodka, you don't. <laughs> Basically, the more it makes sense. The more you crap, you take out the cleaner it tastes. Yeah. So basically, every time you distill something, some of the flavor goes out and uh, it becomes it becomes pure, but it also becomes pure alcohol. So it like you can't really taste the flavor. Um Ooh. So most whiskey is twice distilled. Um, most whiskey, including notably all scotch, because Irish whiskey is three times distilled, as far as I can tell, just so they could do it one more time, one more time in Scotland. Um, okay. And so literally, Irish that whiskey, is what we were told. Like we were like, like they oh, were like, sense. we do it this, we do it this many times. And they're like, but and, like, and we were at the distiller and we we're like, but why? And they were like, because we're Irish. And we we're like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, like literally, <laughs> literally Irish whiskey is, has to be legally triple distilled Yeah, to like, be called Irish whiskey. Oh. Not kidding. Um, and okay, so okay. as a result, Irish whiskey is often lighter in taste. Um, you know, if you think about something like a Jameson versus something like certainly a bourbon, but also like if you're a scotch drinker, something like a Lagavulin or something like that. I would never think about a Jameson because it tastes like butt. I mean, if you have to have a cheap whiskey, Jameson, you could do worse than Jameson because it, it tastes light because it's been triple distilled. Or anyway, you could have Bushmills and be a jerk. Yeah, or you could have Bushmills and be mad racist. Apparently, yo, <laughs> Bush, Bushmills, very politically active in Northern Ireland, it would appear. Um, Did you say they're racist? Yeah, yo. Or we can have a we can have a bonus app on the fucking Irish. They're really just racist. Anyway, go on. Troubles. Anyway, okay, okay. Um, but point being. This single malt, uh, this Irish single malt, which in itself is somewhat unique, uh, is heavier than you would expect for an Irish whiskey. Uh, and it's kind of got like chocolatey notes to it. More of those like kind of um, deeper, richer notes than as opposed to like fruitier notes, which is usually what you get from an Irish whiskey. And now you know. That's exciting. Now we know. Chris, don't we have a listener who's in Scotland? We're getting in trouble. <laughs> Why? I love scotch. It's just different. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. I love I scotch. Anyway. But I yeah, really no. want to go to Scotland because I have not been to a scotch distillery. I've yes. only been. Like we've to we've only been to well. Ireland. Well, why would you have been to a scotch distillery? They only make scotch in Scotland. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, I mean, yes, that's my point. I, I, I more meant scotch as an adjective of the nationality rather than the whiskey. As opposed to an Irish distillery. Also, fun fact, sing an Irish single malt is actually very uncommon because traditionally 
malted barley was too expensive for Irish distillers to buy because Ireland's always been extremely poor for colonization reasons. And so they use traditionally half malted barley and half unmalted barley. And so a single malt, which means all of their mash bill has been malted, uh, is actually somewhat rare. Anyway, good I Ireland. Tell you just, I just hope that, you know, I, I wanted to tell you to shut the fuck up like three times when I sat myself because it's your birthday. I know. Honestly, I also, was not even going to tell that, that story, but I thought people <laughs> might still. enjoy it. And it's my birthday. So we're doing it. Basically, long story short, <laughs> we're ignoring Chris since we can't tell him to shut up and um, go to Ireland because it's great. But also just go take the fucking... Um, Whatever the hell day trip they've got out there up to Northern Ireland to go to Giants Causeway, but like ask for Podrick because he'll give you the real the real shit on what the troubles were like. Anyway, yeah. also do it no. while you can because that's just gonna close down if Brexit actually happens. Womp womp. Anyway, Star Wars. Star Wars. A we're Star Wars. Actually, you could ask us what we're drinking too. <laughs> yeah, yeah Kristen, what are we drinking? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh You're drinking the same thing as Dad. I am. This is the only whiskey I like. Okay, because it has been you. distilled many times. It's lighter. We're we're gonna we're drinking something that you would yoink from us. Miranda's gonna talk about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Doki, folks. So we are <laughs> drinking. Love uh, it. Be- oh God, it smells good. <laughs> no, I would not say it smells good if it smells like gin. I, nice. Like the first hit I got was like a Pinot. So. Ooh. Yeah, we are drinking uh, a sour from Breakside <gasps> Brewery. Ooh. Which I'm sure we've had on the pod several times before. It's a local Portland brewery, and it's foaming up, so we're going to be careful with it. I fucking love sours, as y'all know. It is a sour that has been aged in former um, gin and Pinot Noir casks. <gasps> it's the Breakside Ziggurat. For this blend, we selected 13 casks from our wood cellar with the goal of producing a summery Brett-forward beer with vivid herbal undertones. The majority of the barrels contain a spontaneously fermented wheat beer that spent its entire life cycle in wood. Rounding it out are some of our favorite former gin and Pinot Noir casks, many that have been in our barrel program for over five years. Oh my god. So oh no, it's like your dream beer, Mom. Fucking we've had give this it bad to boy me. in the uh the fridge for a couple months now. Yeah, we oh, wow. had a bunch of them. I can't remember if we had them on the pot or not. Um, but there were different ones mm-hmm. that were finished in different barrels and were different beers to begin with and blah, 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 blah. Well, we it's sour have, season. So. Yes. We also mm. have Rainier for later, but we're going to try this. That sounds so good. I really Tell me if it's good because I want it. That was great. That was like a gong of like drinking that just happened. It was beautiful. When you hit your boom. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. That's okay. kind of unlike anything I've ever had. I've had sours finished in peanut barrels before, but never um, with that mix of like gin in there. That uh. is actually really, really interesting and really well-rounded. Yeah, the I gin isn't say. too, isn't too yeah. strong. It, but it, t- it definitely tastes botanical. Like you definitely get that. Those are those herbal undertones. Oh my God. Herbal All that undertones. is like my catnip. I know. I was like, Kate's going <laughs> to fucking fly here and steal our glasses and then fly back. Yeah. Um, sorry, also guys. Take her to the sour. <laughs> Just take me to it. <laughs> this is true. Take okay. Sorry, Chris. I'm, gonna, I'm going to I'm going now. 
but we have to pack. Drop no. me in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome oh to my God. Sings on the pod. <laughs> um, wait, Chris, did you say what we're... What the fuck we read this week? I wasn't listening to you when I you were talking. I haven't, no. We went straight into the drinking. Okay. Because well, it's my birthday. I was not listening to you at all. Could you say what I we're mean, reading? <laughs> how is today different from every other day? Uh, we're reading this week's Why are you Most allowed to be mean to me? By Ray Carson. Rude. Uh, reading chapter 11 through 22, actually, despite the fact that the outline says 10 through 22. Listen, I can't count. And also, I, I, I may or may not wish that Porkchop would poop on you fair tbh anyway anyway we're uh, we're reading most wanted by ray carson uh we finished the book this week uh chapter two is the end of the book chapter uh, two is the end of the book yes chapter two is the end of the book chapter geez we're it's on track honestly book. this is exactly what the people <laughs> expect from us so glad to glad to be living up to expectations oh my god uh chapter 22 is the end of the book and so we just want to talk about a little bit about characterization today and other stuff. And, it's, and for me to cry about Sulo at the end. Uh, because poor Sulo. My little baby. Poor Sulo. Oh you just my... knew he was going to die the whole time, and yet he still weren't ready. I really did. Like, as soon as I met him, I was like, oh, this kid's going to die. Anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to him. Um, the content you've grown to loathe and disgust. Us. Yeah, you keep Sorry. coming back for more. <laughs> so, I don't know why. All righty. Um... <laughs> So the first thing we wanted to talk about, I'll launch us in. Do you have to keep talking? Well, nobody else will seem to want to. I was, I literally was about to. Oh my god! Is it not your birthday yet? No. Shit. It's still my birthday. Well, for a little less than two more hours on the East Coast, thank the is Lord. Is that what time it is? Damn. I said what I said. Anyway, so. The first thing I want to talk about, because I'm pretty sure I put this point on the outline, so you can something, something, my something, um, <laughs> is, is that, that, that mm, uh, don't, I didn't say it. Um, you said I you shouldn't say it. going to say kiss my face. Yeah. Guess she wasn't. Mm, anyway. Um, so it's like the audio version of just like putting your hand right in front of my face being like, not touching, can't get mad. The, just, that's the point, Chris. That's why she said it. Thank, Chris, thanks, Kristen. Chris just that's lost the point. Dot JPEG. Chris just lost the game, so it's fine. Uh. <laughs> I literally just went over and was like circle. Anyway, um, so if you're a nineties kid, you remember this. Um, so I, the first thing I want to talk about is what constitutes loyalty for Han and Kira, because of course, um, in Star Wars, you know, you have a lot of your characters who are on the rebellion or the resistance side and they're incredibly selfless and they're all in um in terms of like having a cause um harrison Dula comes to mind especially right now because alphabet squadron by alexander freed just came out um you know super self-sacrificing and of course you have the dark side dark siders who are you know they they've got their motivations and stuff but they're just kind of evil and ready to literally stab each other in the back whenever they have the opportunity to gain even more evil murder power um but han and kira at least at this point in their lives and maybe han a little bit later in his life too because han is han um fall i guess a little bit more in this gray area and so i wanted to talk about what exactly is there 
attachment, I guess, to the white worms, to each other, and also Sulo, um, and how their definitions of, like, what loyalty is, um, how those are different from other people in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Han is such a soft baby still here. He, like, wants things to be good and people to be... I mean, I'm using people in the broadest sense. Yes. <laughs> um, he just, like, wants every, everybody to be good and he wants to believe, like, the good in everybody. But also, like, he's not a fucking idiot. So it's funny because I was just th thinking that, but then I was like, wait, we literally talked about on the first episode of this that, like, Han is the one that has to tell Kara that Proxima doesn't give one single fuck about him, mm -hmm. about her. Um, but he's also just like still, I feel like he has a problem believing that about like people he has deemed good in his mind. Yes. Like Tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and Kate, I think you really hit the nail on the head in saying that a lot of other characters in that we see in Star Wars are uh, loyal to some kind of ideology or to some kind of cause. Um, obviously, we spent a lot of time with folks in the rebellion and in the resistance. And so far, and by so far, I mean <laughs> through the entirety of this book, um, we don't necessarily see that from Han and Kira. Uh, I think more than anything, they're kind of loyal to um, each other and to Sulo. Um, they don't really have enough faith in the white worms to be truly loyal to that. Uh, I think Kira kind of sees a lot of things, um, in an ambitious way. And like, she's looking out for, um, herself. She's trying to get power. She's trying to get influence. Um, so I think that her vision of loyalty, um, in that sense might just be a little warped. Mm -hmm. because it's like a self-serving loyalty like if i'm loyal to the white worms i can gain power and influence totally and yes it's different than the loyalty she has for han that we see um when she decides to go back to corellia and lady proxima and not fuck off to dagobah whatever <laughs> with um with genra <laughs> Yes, yes, totally. Yeah, I think I think loyalty, or at least appearing to be loyal for Kira, is more of a tool right now because, heh, a tool. Um, <laughs> because because you know, like she's she's she, she is. Ugh, I hate quoting Beckett because he's the worst Star Wars character of all time. But you know, he, she's a survivor, right? She she's she's doing what it what it takes to not get dead. Um, you're but, not quoting Beckett. You're quoting Destiny's Child. It's fine. There you go. Ah, uh, that's so good. Okay, I'll take that. Um, but I think I think you're I, I think you're exactly right about Han too. That he just he I think he's a pragmatist about most things until he I think he is so he thinks so much of the fact that he is charming and he, he is lucky and people do like him that he thinks that once he's won somebody over that that's probably it. Like, oh, this person likes me. How could they be bad? Um, and I think that's, I think that gets him in trouble, obviously, like a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kira, I think definitely has like almost a Sith notion of loyalty for everybody except Han at the beginning. And then at the end for Han, too. As, by, by the end, I don't mean of this book, but I mean of like, of what we know of Kira so far. And by mm -hmm. that, I mean the end of Solo. Yeah. Which, ironically, she betrays him for 
a Sith Lord in Darth Maul. Yeah. So just to be clear, Chris, you're saying that Kira is Snoke. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. If, yeah. Great. Glad we cleared that up. Thank you. Yes, By the way, absolutely. did you guys see my dumbass tweet last night where I said, what if Padme's Snoke? I was really proud of it. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's great. I missed that. I'm going to have to That's, go back. and You're going to have to go back. It got some good traction. That's People were uh, really annoyed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking incredible content, and I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so Kira does have this self-centeredness about her that never really goes away. It's self-preservation. Self-preservation, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't mean self-centered as like denigrating. Like, yeah, she's she's looking out for number one because she knows nobody else will. Right. Yeah. I we're, we're I I want to talk next character next char- next character next episode about quote unquote likable female characters. Um. Oh, absolutely. So we'll we'll get to that because I've got a a big old soapbox for for me to stand on because I'm very short, but I have a lot of things to say. Much like Amelia Clark. I was going to say you and Amelia Clark can share that soapbox because <laughs> you're both small. <laughs> we're the, the women of this podcast are unlikable and unlistenable it's true that's correct mm-hmm. it's, it's what i hear it's what oh, they say my goodness um but and so you know looking at han's loyalty and han is like the patron saint of loyalty in star wars right because i mean you have the big one of him coming back to the death star and never abandoning the rebellion despite saying he's going like threatening to to get attention <laughs> repeatedly it's true it's true um chewy and chewy yeah how much did that last line last paragraph of the book break your heart uh, not break your heart but like just like warm your like warm your heart it, it was break and warm your heart i know it was it was just a lot like, of levels just like break it and then throw it on the fire yeah okay that sounds like it's bad but all right like gently lay in a blanket by the fire chris is this what i think you want to want to say no just, just break it and swaddle it great um yeah no i I love that bit about like the you just need that one person in the entire galaxy, and it's just like it's it's always chewy. I mean, it it harkens back to in Solo, the yeah. last thing that Kira says to Han is, "Go go help Chewbacca. He needs you, and you need him." Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. Han's a big old softy. That's uh, yeah, it's true. That's what I got out of this book. God, it's so accurate. Um, but what you're saying about what you were saying about how Kira thinks about Han. I think, I mean, honestly, at first, I think she also was just like, how, what, what am I getting out of this guy? Um, or how am I going to, you know, prove that I am not a fucking numbskull like this idiot boy so I can get a fucking promotion because I need food and to be more influential in this tiny, shitty Carlian gang. Um, but... Yeah, no, that bit where, you know, Han comes back for her, just fucking, ah, that was heartbreaking. Like, she was like, no one's ever done that before. And Han's the only one who ever comes back for Kira, honestly. Like, he doesn't solo, he doesn't hear. Like, it's it's, it's only him. Like, nobody else gives a flying fuck about her. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, uh, and I think that kind of is something that, like, has really um, formed, like we were talking about earlier, how she approaches loyalty. Mm-hmm. It's because until now, until she meets Han, she's never had anything like that. Nope. It's like she grew up in the fucking bottom. Uh, she joined <laughs> the Wormies. <laughs> Correct. The little guys. <laughs> the little guys. Oh my god. Uh, where like nobody really cared about her because um, she was just an asset. She was just another little sewer rat 
and um you know she lived her whole life until now like without anybody else to look out for her without anybody she could rely on so when han comes in it's just like this huge shift Mm -hmm. um in how she feels about other people maybe i don't know she definitely caught feels for him that's what i want to get at here with this oh yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely true also i just i really liked how han and kira both got really squicked out by genra calling um rue her her wookie pilot an asset they were both like this is a this is a person you know (laughs) like you Mm -hmm. can't just i i i I like that a lot and just like i don't know again like han Han is i think at at least at the station is very much always about um you know he he might not like you but <laughs> more often than not, he'll respect you because you were a breathing thing. Um, whereas, like, Kira's never actually, I don't think, like, seen that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, she's never met someone like that. Yeah, well, I mean, and like, she seems to only give a shit about people that, like, are in power, as we talked about. Right. Um, I also think it's funny that, like, in the beginning where Kira's like, I just don't understand what the fuck Han's doing, like... He's must be making friends with all of these people to like get power, but also she's like, but also he's like nice to them. I don't understand. <laughs> and I just think that's like very telling of her and where she's at when absolutely they start forming that relationship. Definitely. Yeah, I, that's like that's this is honestly one of my favorite parts of the book where she's trying to like logic and strategize out Han's like choices, and of course Han's choices are based on. Eh, this seems fine. <laughs> like it's like it's so great it's it's just like it's it's and it it, it encapsulates them and and particularly it encapsulates him because Mm -hmm. leia does similar well no because leia just kind of immediately realizes that he's a fucking dumbass but (laughs) oh leia nothing gets past that woman (laughs) um but like it's it's she's kira's almost the only person to ever overestimate han Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. That is so fucking true. It's also very rude, but extremely <laughs> true. <laughs> Have you met this idiot? <laughs> like Yes. Oh my god, what a numb nut. I yeah, love I mean, him like, so much. I mean like literally, like who else? So like I'm thinking about it. No, I'm thinking very hard about it and it's just like What was the second time? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely, honestly, Hans uh, Club definitely overestimated Hans' ability to take him back. Oh, as my As did the Guavians. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, watch Star Wars Resistance only because the Guavian Death Gang actually shows up for a hot second. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> um, all right. I think we've beat this topic to death, yeah? All right. As only we can. <laughs> all right. So, let's talk more about Kira. Because she's a fascinating character. I just wanted to talk at, at least very briefly. Briefly, I can't talk right now, which is great for podcasting. About <laughs> about Kira's female role models, um, who are all kind of fucking terrible. So we know that Kira didn't have parents, or she didn't have a mom, or she did, but her mom's somewhere. I don't know. Not not in her life. Kira, and Kira just appeared one day. I mean, that'd be cool. Like the Metaclorians. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Kira's Kira mom doesn't and have Hagen's a belly dad button. Are the same person. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm very upset with all of this. Um Jesus Christ. Anyway, um and Jesus. And we don't know a whole lot about her early life um in the silo besides that it fucking sucked, but we do know that um she has been ra- raised is a generous word, but we're going to go with it. Um weird. She has been kept alive <laughs> for a lot of her life by Lady Proxima. And, of course, we see her um, kind of taking an interest. I guess it's a mutual interest, honestly, with between, between her and um, Genra, the engineer. Um, so I just want to talk about those two and whoever wrote this the last line on the outline. Carry forth, I suppose. <laughs> you can start us off. So... Um kind of building on like a lot of Kira's traits that we've already talked about uh, on this episode um, and what you were kind of starting to talk about. Her female role models are extremely problematic. Yep. (laughs) She's she's looking up to these like self-serving like gang leaders basically. He like wants an imperial defector who's like really brilliant and talented but is just like what if I sold this for a billion credits and then let you guys fuck off and probably get killed? I don't really care that much. Uh, I'm going to go fuck off to the Outer Rim. And then Lady Proxima is just like literally the shitty-ass slug <laughs> who doesn't give a fuck about anybody or anything and all she wants is power and influence on like her tiny little planet. And Kira's like, you know, I'd really like this for myself one day. I know. <laughs> It's like the people that the, these women are like so shitty and she looks up to them so much and she's like this is what I want my future to be I want to mold myself after them it's but like, you yeah I know I know I know and it's like it's hard because she literally doesn't know anything else but also it's just like I don't know I think ch- children are generally instilled with a basic sense of right and wrong um like whether by parents or parental figures or osmosis or some goddamn shit but they're also assholes though children yeah but like han is fine it's true yeah yeah i know i mean a prime example of that is han being like oh i don't want to hurt rizo like can you just like i'm just gonna like kind of grab him and we can tie him up and shove him in a closet and it'll be fine meanwhile kira Wait, you just hit him in the head with a wrench. Yeah, the wrench was just sitting there. I'm gonna, I we're gonna wrench tie him up. Doing anything? I know, like you weren't doing your job, so I guess I'll do it for you because you Reasons. suck. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I would also say that uh, Kira has also never absolutely like the fact that these are her only two female role models in her entire life that we know of. Yeah, fucking It's problematic sucks. in and of itself, but also the fact that she's never seen, she's never encountered somebody in a position of power who got there in a positive, in what we would consider a positive moral way. In yeah. the empire? In my empire? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you look at someone like Leia, who, like, obviously... Female role models galore in Star Wars terms. Galore, and also... Well, like, both female role models and pos- and positive male role models too, like because mm-hmm. Bale obviously being the big one that I'm thinking of, best dad ever. Bale is the only man that we listen to on this podcast. Bitch, <laughs> you right? Not wrong. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, it's 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 very interesting. Um, just because, of course, we have the the whole dead mom in Star Wars problem, um, and we also have the no female characters in Star Wars problem. So, here we are <laughs> with with this. Um, I I think though at least one one positive thing I think about Ray Carson's writing. Not that it's like negative on her that like there are no alive moms or women in Star Wars because she is one person <laughs> writing one story in a Star War. But I think she does a good job of showing realistically like what becomes of a person when this is all they have. You know, like Kira again like falls into this weird gray area of I would like to stay alive. These are the resources I have. I mean, they are resources to her, even though she doesn't have any leverage on them. Like they don't have their, they don't have their like regular needs taken care of. Like their hierarchy. We, I feel like it's, uh, it's hard for us to be like, they should be better people when like they literally don't have food to eat. Yes. Or like places to stay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I know there's the, there's a hierarchy of needs. I'm forgetting what it's actually called right now. Maslow. Maslow's Thank hierarchy you. of needs. I talked you were, you were about there. therapy recently, <laughs> but it's gone now. It's fine. Um, but <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's much, it, I don't want to say something dumb, but it's understandable that they would want to get those things met first. And like once they are in an okay place of having those things, it makes sense that they wouldn't know what the fuck the the quote unquote right thing to do is. Yeah, totally. Um, what do you think th- that's actually useful? Does she learn from these people, and what does she learn that she immediately throws out? I mean, I think she learns how to climb to the top. And she, you know, she's very good at like thinking on her feet. Even if she doesn't believe so, she, like, can come up with pretty detailed plans and, like, paths forward um, in a way that, you know, is a little self-serving, just to hit that again. Um, (laughs) She's good at, like, picking up um, on, like, not being reactionary and, like, how being reactionary can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. She, like, immediately chastises herself for being, like, why did I let that little ensign... Like, get under my skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, like, getting mad at herself for that when I was like, bitch, she was fucking rude to you. I <laughs> sure, get it. Sure was. <laughs> I uh. also was angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That guy was so fucking gross. I should not enjoy that. I like how she, like, smacked him down, though. I know. That was beautiful. It was, it was great A. Sick burn. That was, yeah, no. Probably cool water to burned area etc alert alert the burn ward (laughs) um but no i mean i think also just she does learn not just to make a plan but to like have backup plans oh so many because like you know so many genera as you know the first plan obviously didn't go very well and part of the reason it didn't entirely collapse is admittedly due to han and kira but also and sulo but also like she you know she had backup plans she had people on the ground to help her she had rue presumably in place to do something before he got captured 
Definitely. Also, just like, I love how much Han does not plan in this because like, <laughs> <laughs> we think about when we meet when we see Han and Leia together for the first time, and she's like, what was your fucking plan for getting out of here? You dumb fucking idiot. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? <laughs> Who has a plan? That is, that is not my specialty. He's the brain, sweetheart. <laughs> um, also one thing, and I, this is this, I say this jokingly, but it's also true. One thing that she does not take from Lady Proxima is her love of sewers. And like, nice jokingly, because another favorite part of my book, uh, another favorite part of this book was when they were like, oh, what's that smell? Oh, God, it's yes. It's the sewer. But we don't smell like that. I, th- I think we do. I think we do. I know. <laughs> uh, that um, was so funny, but also made me cry a little yeah. bit. <laughs> but so she sees Proxima, you know, both literally and figuratively, like kind of settling for her position and mm-hmm. like, you know, settling literally because she likes the sewers and Grindelids need dark or whatever. But also figuratively, like, Proxima's a small player. And she may not have known that going into this book, but she certainly knows it coming out. And that's kind of, she, like, kind of inhabits her role. Yeah, I was uh, I was re-listening to the last episode uh, to prep for this one. And the bit where I was like, oh, Proxima definitely, like, underbid on purpose. And then it com- becomes very clear, no, no, no. No, Proxima just mad dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Which is and great. poor. All of the above. Yeah, yeah sure. when, well, and that's another thing about, like, Kira being really good and not, like, revealing all of her cards at once. She was like, oh, don't worry, Proxima. I, like, negotiated it so that you'd get, like, one half of a percent. And Proxima was like, well, the fuck? Like, what? And she's like, oh, well, it's this much money. And she's like, oh, fuck me, right? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was so good. Oh, my God. Um, but also one of the reasons why I would love more Kira stories is because I kind of want to know how she treats the people who are under her because she, I think she knows how she, how she herself doesn't like being treated, but also, you know, it's like, how do you, if, if this is the path you wanted to take, like, how do you, um, show people that you kind of respect that they are alive, (laughs) um, while also like, you know, maintaining a, a, a firm grip on your your organization yeah and i think that's something like i'd be really interested to see uh because last episode i touched on kind of how she um when she went into the original um bidding meeting situation um she was like oh i want to train other people to be Mm -hmm. you know like resourceful and like think on their feet um what's the what's the word be a mentor yeah, uh, she wanted to be a mentor, and there's I think it starts with an I. It's not important, but I, I would love to see if like when she actually has influence over people, that's something she actually sticks to and follows up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, definitely. If she remembers where she was. As I know. A literal shit goblin. <laughs> I want to see I'm more also- Kira so that we can see more Spider Mall. All of the above. Well, and I was, and I'm. I was also going to say I'm I'm simultaneously very very much want to see this and very much don't want to see this cuz they're not going to do it right. Yeah. But We're- I want to see how Kira walks that line of not only being a good boss versus an effective boss, but also while doing that while working under Maul, who in addition to being 
Cuckoo Bananas <laughs> also has never actually encountered women in a substantive role. A Star War. <laughs> uh, like I said, that's why I'm like, I want this, but I also don't want anybody associated with Star Wars to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. We're, we're Ray gonna... Carson could do it. I trust Ray Carson to do oh, it. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this also um, yeah. next episode. Can I <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, like what women has Maul interacted with? Ahsoka, who, not impressed. No. And Sabine, who. And Hera. Because that didn't get rapey. Yeah. <laughs> la, Everything la, is fine. Nothing is ever la, weird in la. Star Wars. They've always just done a regular job of making things normal and stuff. La, 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 <laughs> la, la, la. All right, Chris. <laughs> next point is yours. You talk about that. Go. But yeah, I want to talk about Han's opinions on droids because they change very much from the beginning of this book to the Han that we see in A New Hope. Uh, like the beginning of this book... He greatly respects Tool as a being, as an individual, as someone with, you know, uh, um, obviously sentience, but who could like who could, like is in control of his own destiny. And when you look at Han in A New Hope, and kind of throughout the rest of what we know about Han, he's very dismissive of droids, and part of that's because he's dealing with three PO, and that's fair. <laughs> um, and frankly, a big part of that's probably because he's dealing with 3PO. Ah, uh, yes. But, um, but even like, but you know, different. even the Han that we see in Last Shot, um, who is not that far removed mm-hmm, from the original mm-hmm. trilogy, you know, he hear, he hears the words droid Gokra and he's like, excuse the fuck out of me, set on fire, kill it, kill it, kill it. <laughs> and how he treats L3, too. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't, like, he doesn't dislike L3, but he doesn't get it. But, you know, he's just like, what the fuck is this shit? Definitely. Yeah, no, he, no, she starts going around about droid rights and he's just like, that, that, that little vein in his eye just starts ticking. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and so it's just, it's interesting and I want to talk a little bit about it because, especially since, you know, Kira's kind of thinking about him as they're leaving the engineer's ship about how, like, you know, he sees everybody as, I don't remember the exact quote, so I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of he sees everybody as equal and of value. Yes, that's exactly the, um, the phrase of they're everything. Everyone is valuable because they're it, in, in a person. Their existence. Yes, exactly. Um, and he definitely doesn't think that specifically of droids as he gets older. And part of it, I do think, and I swear I'm going to stop talking at some point. But part of it, I do think, is because Tool. A likely like, tale. Yeah, right. Uh, because Tool kind of goes so cold and calculating. But that's also, like, that's not very much to turn him, you know? So I, I wanted to talk about that. I actually think it might be, though. Marina, I'll let you talk first. Yeah, I think it was really weird to to read this book and see Han as kind of naive. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, he's an idiot in, like, later, later, later appearances, but he's definitely not naive. Yeah, like, he's in later appearances, he's seen some shit, but this mm-hmm. is the earliest i think we've seen him um and it's like his first time off the planet um he's just a fresh babe and you know he we've talked about it a lot like he's somebody like you said who sees value in everybody um in all beings and he'll stop and give anybody some cookies (laughs) and i think this is the first time that there's been 
somebody who like he's respected and like felt some kind of like friendly ish connection, not like a bad connection with who has kind of said or done something that's gone against what he thought of them. And so like he sees tool as like his buddy who like helps out, like he's a source and, you know, he trusted Han enough to throw the hollow cube. And like, he was really concerned uh, about tool when they got back to whatever and like, we're bringing him back to life. And then tools like kill them all. I know. Tool, and Han's like, like, wait, when wait, the wait, revolution wait. comes, you may live. He's like, wait, I what, know. The, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, especially when he's just like at the, at the very, very end where he's just like, I have a reward for Sulo. And Han's just like, excuse the fuck out of me. I was here too. I was here too. I want credit. I participated in the group project. He gets a participation trophy. I know. The first in a long line of jobs that Han will not get paid for. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking true. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I, I think it kind of goes back to, um, honestly, what I was saying earlier about how Han likes to cultivate personal relationships and he really relies on his charm and he really, he believes in it um, as much as he believes in, you know, other taking other people at their word. And I think like such a betrayal at such a young age, I think that was formative for him. I don't, I don't know if he's ever, I mean, when you're 18, have you experienced actual real ice cold betrayal before? What's colder than cold? <laughs> betrayal <laughs> which is yeah. the best Honestly, the best tweet i've ever the seen. best That's, tweet oh, when austin was asking me what my favorite tweet was ever it's that one. Oh, uh, it's, it's a good one christopher oh sorry i'm lamenting a friend of mine asked just like in just in conversation what is everyone's favorite tweet ever and i couldn't think of one specifically <laughs> and now i know what it is it's somebody just tweeted uh under three thousand. what's cooler than being cool me ice cold no betrayal. betrayal it's so good uh, sorry that, that is my favorite tweet ever it's it's a good one um but like you know i like i mean when you're and again like uh, when you're 18 like do you even know what betrayal is like i mean sure han has had a harder life like child life and childhood than most but like i feel like what he has experienced in terms of betrayal has been like the white worm version of um you know getting stabbed in the back in middle school like somebody told lady proxima on me and then i had to go sit in the sinkhole or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> uh, yeah but i mean like this is he's still very much in his formative years like his brain isn't developed and like yeah. sh- sure he's treating you know this droid turning out to be a tool <laughs> um like i did five years old and like didn't like mashed potatoes but like he just carries that with him forever and it's and like, like my dude, yeah have you considered that this was one potato, <laughs> potato. like great um, i have a potato <laughs> it's great, great. <laughs> um no but honestly i think i i definitely think that's true um i had a had a thought before chris just <laughs> help no, it's not even you. It's before Chris held up his potato. I won't apologize for that. It's your birthday potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's gone. Somebody else say something. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. So somebody say something besides potato. Potato. <laughs> <laughs> I hate every single one of you. (laughs) Causes get people killed is what's next on the outline, which I think is true. Who wrote this on the outline? Did you, Dad? Did I? Or was it? That was a question. I think think it might have been me, and then I'm like, I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. So, this, his whole thing about like people. Like believing in things like Tool believing in the droid Gokura or, you know, Sulo believing in like the Force or anything else is that if you believe in anything with any kind of seriousness and you're not looking out for either yourself or those closest to you, then you're gonna get dead. Which goes a long way also, you know, in terms of, you know, speaking of Han's formative years and his like formative beliefs, goes a long way toward explaining why he just for the longest time just refuses to join the rebellion and it seems like he's offered multiple entry points you know we see um Anthes nest and solo saying you should you should join us because you have real leadership skills and he's like mm, no i'm gonna take my hyperfuel and fuck off bye and you know they they talk about um the rebellion all all of the time in a new hope and he's just like i don't can i just can i just have my bins and bins and bins of credits <laughs> instead so, and the answer is always no. <laughs> it's true. Han Solo at this time. <laughs> um, God, to be fair, he seems very bad at his job. <laughs> hey, even he gets boarded sometimes, Kristen. Like, honestly, if there's one thing that's consistent about Han throughout the series, it seems like he's really bad at being a smuggler, TBH. Great. <laughs> but he's a very fast pilot. Zoom, zoom. That's true. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The only thing he's good at in his life is flying. Mm-hmm. Doing zoomies around the galaxy. <laughs> he, Like I said, he wants food and he wants to go fast. <laughs> um, But, you know, it, I feel like Tool just kind of impressed upon him lots of just really fucking sad life lessons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he's not wrong about causes getting people killed. Like, no. That's, I mean, it's a very cynical point of view but it's not wrong no it do be like that it's true that's no, what this whole true. star war is about it's true um also as a sidebar i i really want to know how much uh ray carson and daniel jose older spoke to each other in the process of writing their respective books because both of them were kind of tie-ins to solo they both came out around the time that the movie dropped um and you know, this, the, the the topic of droids has a whole lot of overlap between the two. Um, obviously, it's, like, really, really, really central in Last Shot, but it's also extremely present here, and I just kind of wonder, like... That's a good what? question, Mom. Yeah, no. Ray Carson, if you're listening, hit us up. Did you talk to DJ Older at all as you were writing? Also... Or was it just kind of a coincidence? Also, if you're listening... Talked, right? Sorry, go ahead. We're sorry. I'll- I know, we're so sorry. Yeah. I mean, that just goes without saying. We should, honestly, we should start every episode with that. Welcome to episode 92. I'm sorry. Welcome to episode 92. We're very sorry. Um, they have to, right? Because, like, the droid Gotra being such prominent players in both. I mean, it's theoretically I mean, it could have been the story group carrying right, water. But. Right. 
So, it, I don't know, it's a question. Do we, have we heard of the Droid Grocer in other places besides this in terms of books that were published before these two? I don't believe so, no. No. I'm not positive. I can check that as you keep talking. Okay. Well, I mean, certainly we've never been so early in the timeline that the, the Droid Grocer barely fucking exists. So that's interesting. Also, uh, Han consistently just like not knowing how to say Gotra was my favorite thing. The, go- the droid gobble. I know. The droid, the droid gator at one point. Oh my God. It was so good. <laughs> it, no, I mean, I just, Ray Carson, very good at coming up with words to start with G. I'm very proud of her. <laughs> you had the dictionary open. So true. I mean, well. I often don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, Kate. Mm. Do you want to talk about how sad you are? I'm so fucking sad, guys. I'm so sad about Sulo. I'm so sad. All right. So I enjoyed this book a lot and for many reasons, but in no small part because Ray Carson's like secondary characters or, or, you know, at least the ones that she made up for the purposes of this book are so fucking great. And they're like really fleshed out. I think they're really unique. Um, I... And I, 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 I loved so many of them, but probably my two favorite, like, side characters are um, Old Man Paolo, because he's just this little fucking weird cockroach who just wants to eat a cookie. And <laughs> like, we all? I know. I like, I, too, am a cockroach of a human being who wants to eat things and take a nap. So <laughs> it's very relatable. I know it legitimately was. And he was like, I don't know. There's something like, like everyone was so afraid of him. And like, to be fair, we, we didn't see him actually like murder anything. Like, I don't know how dangerous he actually like is, but I thought he was adorable and which is a strange thing to say about a character like him but i loved him a lot and i kind of i i wanted to see more of him but you know he was in the story as much as he needed to be but oh my god sulo this precious baby angel um as soon as i met him like i said at the top of the episode i knew he was gonna fucking die and i was just kind of like at first i was kind of just like waiting for it and then i got into it and i was like oh sulo you're so cute that little bit where kira's like where um sulo grins at her except he can't really do that because of his anatomy he has a tiny, mouth. He has a tiny little mouth and Kira's just like this is like no offense but your face is hilarious you know and i was just like oh sweet baby angel then he got dead and i was just like oh no like i saw this coming for 300 pages and yet i still want to lie on the floor and cry about it because he's so fucking cute um not to dismiss your very real feelings about sulo but can i ask a shit post of a question i asked it earlier but (laughs) Kristen was playing with the controls on our mixer and turned our thing down so you couldn't hear me ask it let me live God. Yes, Miranda. Is Paolo actually okay? This is a two-part question. Is he actually like a cockroach-type character? One and two. If so, do we think he would survive Corellia getting <laughs> blown up by the Death Star? <laughs> Wait, you mean when you say a cockroach-type question, do you mean like do you, like giant do you... cockroach in human skin, like Men in Black? Like okay, or I was thinking like, Kafka. Like a... 
Like a cockroach. Cockroaches survive fucking everything. You can't kill that. Thank you. Thank oh, you. They will su- cockroaches will survive the apocalypse. Could no. old man Paolo no, no, no. survive the Death Star? Okay. Okay. <laughs> what I'm asking is, do you are you saying he's cockroach shaped or has cockroach like qualities? Exactly. Well, you described That's, him as a cockroach. <laughs> Uh, I you're believe s- Kate's question still stands. You're still not answering my question. I don't know the answer to your question. <laughs> you're the one caught him a cockroach. Could you survive how- the Death Star? Kate <laughs> and Chris come out with the two cultural touchstones. Chris says, like, men in black, and then Kate goes after, or like in Kafka. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny because that reminds me of a time before we were even dating that oh, Kate God. made a Shakespeare reference followed by me very quickly making a Rush Hour reference. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be. It, it honestly, if I, it's we're dumb that we didn't know then. Oh, they're both God. poetry, TBH. <laughs> also, you did not answer my question. Rush Hour is one of the greatest movies in the '90s. At me, changed my mind. Um, uh, well, we get a description of Paolo in the book. He is actually humanoid, so I was not picturing as being picturing him as being cockroach shaped. But could he survive if Corellia was exploded by the Death Star? I'm gonna say no, because even cockroaches are made up of atoms. <laughs> but literally, change our minds. Okay, we want so, to be convinced otherwise. Yes. Okay, so that can be a topic for the wrap up. Because <laughs> this is, I could I could bullshit something about that for sure. Oh my god, we'll guys! Be thinking about it for the next week, just like we all will. No, we won't. Oh my god, y'all! Add us on Twitter if you would like more cockroach talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, can I, Chris? Can I tell? Can I tell? Can I tell a side story? About I, I don't know why you're asking. Wait, because because a side story. Well, then we go into the outro because I want to talk about how I love the dogs. <laughs> okay, yeah, talk about the dogs first, and then wait. No, it's about it's about the vacuum cleaner last night. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, can no, I tell it though? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. All right. You you do it. It's great. All right, Kristen. T- you, you talk about things that are actually Star Wars first. Go. Oh, I was just gonna say I love the dogs and that all dogs are good dogs. And that they only have bad owners. All dogs go to heaven. And it's true. All dogs are good dogs, even if their entire head is their mouth. <laughs> yes. They just wanted a cookie and scritches, okay? Also, if you've never seen how they filmed the hounds. Oh, it's so good. It's the fucking best thing. And the dogs are such soft, beautiful babies. And I love them so much. Go it's look so it good. up. I don't know that I've seen it. It's so... Wait, like they filmed what hounds? In Solo, sorry. The dogs were in the movie? Yeah, they were chasing them down oh when they, at the beginning. I need to fucking... Me, <laughs> oh my God. I feel like Miranda's like never actually seen Solo. She's just been lying this <laughs> whole time. I saw it in theaters. It's on my calendar. That's the only... Have you not... Oh have you not seen it since then? No. Oh my oh. fucking God. A great film. What okay, if it was we a just, mu- what it was if we just rewatch it and then I mute it every time Beckett talks? Well, then you watch it again. <laughs> I love that. Wait, Lastly, wouldn't make it worse. I'll say that. I was about to say, can we get the not the the the, the cut of solo with no Beckett? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that so very much. I just want to put like a smiley face over his head and mute his and mute his audio. <laughs> it would be better. No, just put like the shit emoji over his head and that would be accurate. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Miranda has an idea, but she'll take it offline. Um, oh God! Anyway, oh, cool. uh, Tell oh, your okay. Story. <laughs> oh wait, hang on, hang on. 
Uh, oh, the only other uh, actual uh, hashtag content related question I had was, so Sula talks a lot about the forest um, and praying to the forest and believing in the forest. And he definitely found the Church of the Forest on Coruscant, even though it's like underground right now because all the Jedi are soup's dead. Um, do we think, though, that he's force sensitive? Because there's one specific scene that made me kind of wonder. Which scene was that? So he is um, trying, I believe, to hotwire Rizzo's speeder. And Han's like, which wires do we pull? And and Sulu legitimately doesn't know. And he just kind of prays to the force and then pulls out some stuff. And like, boom, it works. I mean. Is it because Han's around and he's lucky or? I'm, I'm going a hard no. I'm going a okay. hard no. Um because I think that's like the same kind of argument. That's basically the same argument that you would make for Han being force sensitive. Yeah, okay. And Han's definitely not because he's a knucklehead. I think one could certainly make it. And like, I feel like we've had similar conversations about uh, Chirrut probably mm-hmm. in the past. Um, but I I think there's a difference between force between being force sensitive and something like force adjacent and just like affected by the force because like the thing about okay. the force is like the force is not like god in the like isaac newton clockmaker like hypothesis listen like, i grew up very catholic i know like <laughs> so i'm stuck like, on this shit he's not like god in that he just sits back and watches you after he created you like he, the force is takes an active role in things and that's i feel like fairly well established Mm -hmm. throughout star wars and so like fair enough i'd be i'd be perfectly okay with the concept of the force was like i'm gonna give you a little nudge toward the blue wire or something like that but i don't think that makes him force sensitive i think the force can work through somebody without somebody actually being force sensitive right because he can't like i don't know i guess there's a difference between like actually wielding it versus exactly yeah and i mean like i think we've seen that a little bit or like we've seen it addressed at least um in other places in star wars like maz you know Mm. she's like Mm -hmm. i know the force it doesn't mean that she's like force sensitive a force wielder but she understands it enough to recognize it and like know that it's real maz is such an interesting example because we don't know what she is that's also true have my own personal headcanon about that i guess i don't think it's a theory we but. never are either it's so annoying what i i don't think we're ever gonna learn more about no maz. i think maz is forever gonna be the magical storyteller i mean I maz i do too i wish we knew more about her She's i wish that settling union disputes it's true i just wish that lupita nyong'o's character was actually a character but never mind yeah that too instead of being Blah. a magical negro Blah. Blah. All right, so my centipede story, and you can shut this off if you get grossed out by bugs. Um, <laughs> next episode, we're wrapping up uh, <laughs> Most Wanted by Ray Carson, and you can send in your questions on Twitter or email or wherever the fuck else. So here's my centipede story since you turned it off. Um, all right, so sidebar to talking about cockroaches literally at all. So last night, we were, we're packing and we we're doing cleaning and stuff like that, and it's raining very hard outside so it's like gross out and also i'm not wearing my glasses i swear all of these things are related so chris looks over at the wall in our living room and all of a sudden he kind of just like jumps and does one of his shutters which i'm very familiar with because my next question is chris is it a bug <laughs> i don't like bugs this is this happens a lot um and i don't have my glasses on so i literally can't see that there's this like mm, 
It's probably like inch long house centipede on the wall. He's pretty gross. Um, I don't enjoy he's, house he centipedes. He was longer than an inch long. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. His body was about an inch long. His body was probably about an inch and a half. Chris is literally exaggerating. Um, <laughs> um, no, so I've never is... exaggerated about the size of anything. <laughs> Thank you for making that joke because I couldn't make it. Oh my fucking God. What do you want from it's me? It's my birthday. I don't care. You're still No one man. cares. <laughs> no one cares. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so I was just like, I couldn't see it. So I was like, are you gonna, are you gonna deal with this? Cause I think I might hate how sun beats a little bit more than Chris. I'm not really afraid of bugs, but anything that has more than eight legs, I start freaking out. Um, too many legs, my folks. Yes, it's true. Um, so Chris is like, yeah, sure. I'll just like vacuum it up. And I'm like, okay. So he goes and gets a vacuum cleaner and takes off the hose attachment and just like, sucks up the bastard and he's just like all right well i got it and i was like cool i go to take a shower about 10 minutes later chris comes in and i'm like oh did you want to like brush your teeth before bed and he's just like um uh. he like makes a sad little noise and i'm like are you so freaked out by the bug and he's like yeah and then he goes i saw it moving around inside the vacuum cleaner and i was like well yeah and he's like i thought it was dead and i was like Wait, did you think that by vacuuming up a bug, it would just magically die? And he goes... I, yeah, I stand by that. And he goes, well, I thought the force of the vacuum would kill it. And I'm like, Christopher, bugs live outside in nature where there is wind. That's not how why? it works. That's not I know, how like, works. why would they get dead from a fucking vacuum cleaner when you're just merely sucking them up a tube? There's plenty of room in that tube for the boy that was definitely... Only an inch long. Boy. Yes. Boy. Whatever. It was gross. And we have a vacuum cleaner that is like one of those ones where you can like, it's clear so you can see how full or empty it is. And oh. that bitch was definitely like waddling around in there. It would be really <laughs> weird if you could see it otherwise, Chris. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, I, Chris thinks that you can kill bugs with wind. And that is incorrect. Thank a, you for coming to my TED Talk. Men are idiots. I question. Yes. Chris... Did you grow up using a Dyson vacuum? Uh, no, I grew up with one of the fucking old school vacuums that had a vacuum bag in it at me. Ooh, I love those. Okay. Kirby. Well, so then you oh just have like a warped. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we also had a Kirby vacuum. We. Oh you just have like a. You just like. You're. You were used to things going in there and disappearing forever. <laughs> Correct. So. <laughs> Okay. okay, but he's, like, done this with, like, many a bug. His solution to bugs that he doesn't want to pick up that I also don't want to pick up and throw out the window is to vacuum them up. And he literally, this entire time, he thought they were dying. And I'm like, oh, no, I thought well, you were... I don't like to squish them. I know, but I, like, I literally this entire time, I thought you knew that they were still alive in there. I thought you just wanted them to, like, die a cruel, cruel death of starvation and dehydration, which I mean, would... that too. I mean, that would be my style because I'm a sadistic asshole, but... Find you well, a woman who will take care of the bugs for you. This is true. <laughs> I don't. I don't like to squish bugs because if they're big enough, then you feel them squish and it's really disgusting. Or if you miss, then they can crawl on you. It's just. It's there's so many ways for it to go wrong. Oh God, I told Chris. So right. You're so right. No, but then you if you put them people? outside, they will also <laughs> crawl on you and you will implode. Well, yeah. see. Are you are you are you gonna try and pick up a house centipede with a piece of paper and put it outside? Really, really challenge that. See, no, challenge. Sir. See, I also told him, well, it's a, if it's freaking you out, just, like, take the entire um, vacuum compartment and just, like, 
You got to burn it off Austin. the balcony. You got to burn down the whole apartment <laughs> building. <laughs> I was like, just yeet the contents off the balcony. He's like, but it's like dark outside. What if it gets on me and I can't see oh, it? And I'm like, oh my God. God. I think I told the story on the pod, but Quinn woke me up in the middle of the night because he thought there was a spider in the bed, which there probably was because then I had a big, huge spider bite on me. But like I was so oh, no. angry that he woke me up and like, <laughs> he, like he like shook out all the sheets and I was like, bitch, I am asleep. <laughs> you turned the light on and then you took my blankets. <laughs> it's not <Yep>. okay. <laughs> my, oh, when my, my parents moved. My parents moved after I graduated high school and they moved to a new house and my uh, bedroom when I went home is now on like the like basement floor um and it's full of spiders uh, yeah and so like the first time Animal. I visited there was like <laughs> spiders like the size of I mean you know like now people who live in the woods are going to be like that's not that big but Kristen like, who lives in the woods yes lived lived yeah. grew up in the woods like not like fucking wolf spiders or something but like really massive spiders spiders that were much bigger than I was used to dealing with how probably. big were they Chris I would say the diameter of the spider was probably, uh, was definitely over an inch, the diameter of the spider's body. Of the body? No, or the, no you're no, including the, the legs. Not over no. An inch. no, 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 Kate. Do you remember this giant-ass spider? No. Uh, not this one specifically, but there was one that you saw. Of course I don't remember. I didn't care. <laughs> the, uh, whatever. There were giant fucking spiders. And like, <laughs> I like, so I was like going to bed one night and I came out of the bathroom for brush my teeth and there's a giant fucking spider sitting next to my bed. And I just like, I like, I like froze. I like, I like couldn't deal with it. Like <laughs> oh I am willing to admit that at an age where I was in college, I absolutely went upstairs and made my parents kill it. No. That's absolutely. a big fucking mood though. No. I would absolutely Not do fucking that. God. I do that now. What I, is wrong with you people? I had a friend over the other day and when they went to leave, I was like, um, before you go, there's a fucking like bug on the wall in this room. Can you like take care of it? <laughs> I wish you guys could see the look I'm giving Miranda right now. Um, I, 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 mm. okay. Whatever. Me and Miranda are on the same page. Yeah. You guys are the worst. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. No, to I'm this. gonna do the outro because it's your birthday. Aww. You can just sit there and make fun of me for it. Well, anyway, thanks for coming to fucking uh, Bookworth Pod Story Time. Spider <laughs> um, edition. Yeah, really, for real. Is it ever not Spider Mall edition? Oh no, it's my every god. Thank you. Um, as we said, our next episode is going to be our wrap up of Most Wanted by Ray Carson. So if you have shit to talk to us about, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and via email um, with those questions all at uh, at Book Wars Pod on Twitter, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, or you can find us on the Patreon Slack if you are Tashi Station Radio Patreon. Um, our next book is Dooku: Colon Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott, um, which I'm super excited about. Um, it's uh, Del Rey's um, slash Penguin's first like audio only Star Wars thing. Um, I think it's actually oh, technically quotes like around books. I- I do see that. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's 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 fine. Um, I think it's it's like P- P- uh, Penguin Random House audio or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it's technically speaking, um, it's gonna be great. Uh, Chris and I are gonna be listening to it on our road trip out to Colorado. Um, so obviously this week you are getting um this episode about Most Wanted. Next week you're getting the wrap up. The week after that we are 
trying to drop um, a bonus episode about Vader Immortal, which is the new VR thingy that they're doing. Experience Thingy that they're doing. Um, and then we're going to see how long it takes me and Crystal to like, get settled in, get unpacked and shit. So there might be a little bit of a gap in content. But uh, watch the Twitter for the latest updates on us screaming about moving. Yay. I can shitpost some episodes while you're gone. Yay. <laughs> awesome. I have an essay that I never wrote that I can put into a uh, me screaming on the oh podcast form. Why are you Ooh. like this? Um, <laughs> uh, in the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe uh, to the Book Wars pod and the Tashi Station Radio Omega feed, um, where all the Tashi Station Radio podcasts get booped when they come out. Um, it's great. And as I mentioned before, uh, if you are a patron of Tasha Station Radio, you get access to our uh, Patreon-only Slack where you can ask us questions and fun stuff like that. But you can only do that by donating to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon. Um, it covers our, it helps to cover our hosting and production costs. Um, and it's great. And we love talking to you guys. So donate just i don't think it's very much money i think it's like a dollar or some shit and you get to it's be on the slack so come hang out literally and come see everyone's pets because that's the best channel on there it, um, it's, it's true it's literally a dollar a month it's the best um if you'd like to donate to uh the book wars pod directly you can do so at uh coffee.com slash book wars pod that's ko-fi.com slash book wars pod uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design. Uh, happy birthday, Chris, I guess. <laughs> I'm Kristen. She's Miranda. She's Kate. Chris is probably like squeaking a table or squeaking a chair or something because I told him not to do the outro. And that's his what potato he his birthday. is potato, touching potato, the table. Potato, 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 potato. He was not squeezing his potato. Say bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) I quit. What is a squirrel? Hi, squirrel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How cute he is. Kristen. (laughs) He's real cute, though, Mom. We see that squirrel all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He's really cute, though. What's his name? (laughs) No, we don't have a name for him. There are too many squirrels in our backyard. There, there are always like ten out there. If Ryder's not here, what color is he? He's gray. Wait, did you say squirrel squirrel color? (laughs) Oh my god! So, who likes the Star Wars?